episode of Turn of the Millennials. I'm Stephanie. I'm Lindy. And today uh, we are deciding to take things a little bit uh, more serious today. Uh, since we're millennials, we are either in our 40s or approaching our 40s. And it's about that time to start thinking about our health and, you know, getting a little bit more serious about ourselves and that. We do love our nostalgia on here, but ever so often we got to bring some serious topics in. Yeah, so today, is... so today we are actually going to be talking about uh, men's mental health since it is the November month or Men's Health Month, and we are joined by one third of our Southern podcast friends, formidable opponents, Randall. How are you today? How's it going? I'm kind of nervous. I'm representing all of the male population on this episode, so no pressure. <laughs> no we'll pressure. see. We'll see how this goes. <laughs> right. <should> be good. <laughs> Well, I'm sure you'll be fine. <laughs> yes, I'm confident. Thank you for being here. Thank you for Absolutely. taking time. Absolutely, my pleasure. Yeah, so um, as we're saying, it is this month is Men's Mental Health Month. Um, we're focusing on it. Um, so one of the biggest stats that I kind of saw through all of this, we're kind of sort of starting it off, is for men under 40, suicide is actually the largest cause of death. I was like, that's, that's you know, that's that's quite, quite alarming for, for men, you know? That's a huge number. That's an yeah. alarming number be honest right i i would say so i think um somebody who and i'll be honest here approaching 50 right around the corner um knowing the the things i had to face in my 20s and 30s the uncertainty the really trying to get to know yourself the the relationships uh that you know didn't work out uh the jobs that didn't work out the people in your life that didn't work out and all these things that were so alarming. And now we're we're at a place, guys, I think where, you know, that stigma has been peeled off about talking about mental health. I think growing up, and I know the name of the show is Turn of the Millennials. I'm a Gen Xer. And I think my era of growing up and was a little different. It was all about like, you know, toughen up and and make sure that you get through it and, and any sort of like feelings. And it, it wasn't a it wasn't a home thing. My parents were very caring, very emotional people who who allowed me to express myself. But I think for the generation as a whole, uh, mental health wasn't a a topic. We just we just know that we just knew that we were either you know feeling blue or or anxious, and we didn't really have definitions or anything tethered to that. We were we were more so trying to discover um, how to get through it rather than how to get how to work with it and how to work alongside it and so i think this is an important message to, to everyone out there mm -hmm. you say that your parents were very open about you expressing your emotions and things like that what about your group of friends in high wow. school did you feel the pressure to keep your emotions to yourself great question uh so we'll take it back to the 90s uh so <laughs> good decade, I, I, good decade. <laughs> good decade. love to visit <laughs> I would say my group of friends, I mean, we were, you know, we, we weren't the most popular kids, but we weren't like, you know, uh, the ones getting dumped in trash cans. I don't, I don't know how to that's, put it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're kind popular, of, but we're, we're in yeah. whatever, sort of you know, middle yeah. of the road. And, and, uh, <laughs> I think, I don't think there was a lot of pressure. I remember we were always talking about, you know, um, how can I put this? We were into sports. We were into pro wrestling. We were into to action movies. The the you know Schwarzenegger, Stallone, Van Damme, Seagal, and and, and all these things that were very manly men. Manly, yeah, testosterone di driven, yeah. right? And those were our heroes. We weren't we weren't really you know into into the variety of of things that are that are prevalent right now. So I would say that we weren't it what there wasn't a lot of pressure to to be, you know, uh, you know, manly, but there, it was just something that wasn't talked about no matter how you were feeling. And if, if any of my friends were going through anything, I wouldn't have known it because it was just something you didn't discuss. That's sad. Mm -hmm. That's like, well, I even as we so grew up, Lindy, as like a partial, like just the generation right below you, like we were early millennials i find we were still sort of a little subparted of that where there was still that well we had bro culture in the prime term of like just after oh we God, were yeah. in high school and stuff so like that yeah. just kind of reinforced it we've kind of always grown up in the whole patriarchal society but as the yeah the younger millennials or the new gen gen z's are coming out mental health has definitely really become a big focus of their generations and, and I that love work that. balance and stuff of that and all of that nature 
And I love that a lot of celebrities are using their platform to promote like therapy and well mental health for the good. To be like, your brain is just as important as the rest of your body. Absolutely. Because so it's, it's just any other body, like every that, other body part. Yeah. I love that, like what, what Randall said, like the stigma is being peeled away and it's being more normalized now, being more talked about. Mm -hmm. I also think, um, you know, growing up and, and this is very timely, um, our view of sort of covering our emotions was sort of steeped in sarcasm and sort of like you joked to defend and you joke to fend off and, and it's almost like you didn't want to deal with it. And, and I mentioned that because, you know, we, we had recently lost Matthew Perry, who, who his mm -hmm. um, character Chandler on friends was, was a huge influence on the way societal attitudes were towards um, working around things. And he, and he was, and the writing was very good. Uh, the character was very transparent. I and mean, there was lines in there saying that, you know, I deal with, with uh, trauma through sarcasm. And I deal through, you know, um, heartbreak through jokes. And I think a lot of us did that um, in that era because that's what we were exposed mm -hmm. to. We didn't know that, um, you know, you could talk to a counselor. My, my wife is a, a high school counselor. Mm -hmm. And um, I never spoke to my high school counselor about emotions or being, you know, feeling lost. It was always about, did you, are you joining any clubs? You have to make sure you're taking your SATs. Did you apply for college? Mm -hmm. And it was all process oriented. It wasn't very holistic. And I think a lot of students now, because I talked to, to my wife and she does a lot of these, you know, uh, not only um, uh, group uh, activities, but there's a lot of discussion. Like, I think some of the most exciting moments of, of her work days when she comes home and says, I just had a breakthrough. We had group sessions with the uh, with the athletes or with you know whatever group and 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 people were talking and they were they were talking about their emotions and how they were feeling and i think a lot of times growing up with with those older parents that we had they came from a very rough background i know my my dad mm -hmm. was you know a, a sort of rough and tumble guy i mean he gentle sweetheart and um but i know that through that we we didn't talk about like sit down and and talk about your feelings it wasn't about that it was more like um are you okay you're doing well okay Go ahead, let's move on. So right. it was a very just it was just era specific. It was nothing, you know, there's it was there's nothing wrong with it. It's just very era specific way we grew up. It really is. And we see it a lot also when it comes to in the veteran services now as well. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of them become the World War One, World War Two, a lot of the men came back and they didn't know how to un we didn't understand what PTSD was. They didn't understand how to cope with themselves as they got back. So there was some really bad habits that happened, some terrible things that may have happened to their wives and things at the hand of their things they couldn't figure out. But now after like post 9-11 and all these other stuff, we've realized that after they come back, these people see such traumatizing things and then have to come home and act like everything's normal again right. it's it's such the hardest thing to do and actually another stat here was over six million men suffer from depression per year but male depression often goes underdiagnosed more than three million men in the u.s have panic disorder agoraphobia or other phobias and 2.3 million americans are affected by bipolar and an equal amount of men and women develop the illness so it's it's so underdiagnosed and like i said now we're getting a little bit better but so many men are just their symptoms produce differently than what women might as, so they might not realize they're depressed. And just the more we talk about it, the more people can feel better or realize they're not alone in, you know, what's going like, on to them. We do have programs for our veterans, like at least up in Canada. I don't know what like, the situation is in the States, but like we do have programs up here, but in my opinion, from what I've seen, like I grew up with veterans my entire life. Like I just mm -hmm. did the Remembrance Day ceremonies today. I went with my dad, he laid the wreath and everything. And it's just it's not enough it's like they're right. not doing enough they don't have enough available resources to treat all of these veterans and getting them in to get mental health so they can handle and the rest of their lives knowing what they've done and what they've seen and i can't imagine going and doing what they do seeing what they see and coming back to normal life it's got to be just mm -hmm. the most Absolutely. difficult thing to process absolutely 22 veterans a day commit suicide due to ptsd and depression after serving usually due to lack of support services yep by the way it is veterans day today we're recording yes. on a saturday so happy veterans day to, to and happy remembrance day for us up happy, in canada same, absolutely same idea absolutely. just different name <laughs> i 
I, I love the fact that you pointed uh, this population out because I had the opportunity to work with veterans uh, in a former job. I was working student activities um, at a at a former college, and we had a we had the veteran center there. And so oftentimes I would hang out in the veteran center, and the best thing I ever did was shut up and listen. Mm-hmm. And because I don't I don't know what they were going through, I can never fathom uh the the intensity and and the oh. and the sadness of of some of the things they've experienced and and they were very transparent in sharing with me and, and i mean just an honor because they could have seen me as an outsider and said you know what you don't you don't know and but they they allowed me in their circle they allowed me to listen and the things that they the things that i heard and the 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 things that i saw them going through like the 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 breakdowns and the sadness and and the the discomfort and not knowing how to, you know, and this is not for all of them. This is just for, for a few, the, the reacclimation of, of civilian life. It's mm-hmm. just very sad. And you feel so helpless because you can't, you don't know what they've been through and, and, and the things they, they, they've done to, to serve this country and to help their families and, and to help me and you and everybody else. So it's a, um, it was a very um, heartbreaking thing, but also very eye opening to, to see like, wow, it's not just what we see like in an Oliver Stone movie. It is mm-hmm. deeper and it is it is it is intense. And sometimes the the battles they 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 linger on inside and and and, and our our you know our men and women are trying to to cope with that and get through and they want to, and they want to do it so badly. And that's the thing that was the most heartbreaking is that I'm here to get a college degree. I'm here to go next level and I have I have a family, I have a wife and and, and to struggle doing that and something we, we take for granted. Like I went to college and I got my degree and, and everything was, you know, cake after that. But for them, the reacclimation is, is an entirely different puzzle. And um, just being able to serve and listen, uh, uh, serve their needs and listen academically, I should say, it was, um, it was very eye opening. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. I would say yeah. so too. Like, cause like I grew up at the Navy club. Yeah. serving breakfast every Saturday morning, get up with a crack of stupid, go and serve them breakfast and everything like yeah. that. Like I grew up in the Navy club. I got married at the Navy club. Like it's very much a huge part of my life. And one of my favorite memories of like my childhood is sitting down with them and listening to their stories about wars. And you can see it. Yeah, You can see it in their eyes that like, they're not over it and they haven't still haven't processed it yet. And mm-hmm. they probably use help with that. So, yeah, and, and God uh, bless them because I, I know yes. they're they're trying and, and they they're they're very proud of of what what they've done to to help our country and um they're they're trying and and we're we're gonna try for them. I, I still work at a college that we do have a vet center and anytime I could do whatever I can to help. I and we're opening up a new vet center in our college, which is great yes. because they deserve all that and Amazing. more. So just just listening to them and and trying to trying to do what we can to make their academic careers easier yeah. is whatever softens the the hardness that that comes from what they're dealing with it's just it's just the best part of the job yeah and in this day and digital age you can hopefully find a support group on facebook you've got like headspace apps all these different things that can help you connect yeah, you to someone who might be doing it you're not doing it alone anymore yeah and you don't necessarily need to do it in person if that's yes. one of your fears if that's one of your anxieties mm-hmm. You could, so, there's lots of 1 800 numbers out there, like for kids' help phone we'll forever post, has been the we'll one. Post, like, we'll a, post them all later, but there's yeah. countless of resources, even Googling your own local, because there's national and even local resources that can help you out as well, too. Absolutely. It's it's crazy when when you guys are hitting on so many things that are that are swimming in my mind that I, I have to make sure I'm a good guest. I don't have to say like, hey, speaking of that, let's talk about this. So I'm trying really hard not to navigate this because I'm the guest. <laughs> So it's no, man, you, no, no, it's all good. Being, like I said, we like to have the men's kind of perspective on yeah. it. Cause like we can sit here and talk about like, oh yeah, I've been depressed. My sister was depressed growing up. I've dealt yeah. with all this, but with it's girls, different. the stigma is a totally different. They're allowed to almost have be sad or girls are emotional quote unquote, as they say. So it's basically kind of expected from us versus men. You guys are supposed to be, yeah. like I said, the rock, the man up, the bro, you've got to, you know, and I was actually watching a couple, I watched till that do his part. And so many times on there, the men always feels like if they're not supporting their family, they feel like less of a man. And they're like, these are all different things that these yeah. guys all think in their head. They're like, I can't support my family. If I can't do like, 
they have so many different things that people don't realize that they're thinking about and that they stress about as well. And we need to talk about it. Let it out there. Let it want to scream, you know, on top of your lungs. Let's do it. You know, like everyone's everyone's got problems and we all need to work with each other to, to help each other. I, um, yeah. I've, I've been in higher ed for 19, for 19 years and uh, in my office, I've had more men cry in my office than, than, than females and, wow. and including me, um, <laughs> you know, um, but yeah, it's, um, it's weird. And I think a lot of that is pent up and built up. Whereas, mm -hmm. you know, the consistency for, for men to allow their emotions to, to unravel and to be um, trusting and, 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 you know, emoting in front of somebody that, you know, uh, that vulnerability gets channeled and it's, it's, it's so important. And I, I'm, I'm always, I just listen. And I think that's the most important thing. I think, you know, I'm not a health professional, mental health professional. Um, but I, I want to be a friend. I want to be a mentor and I want to make things better, uh, for this person. So immediately I, I, I think what's the, what, what would I want? And I'd want somebody to listen and then, you know, share some, some, you know, one-on-one -on -one feedback afterwards. So I think that's just a, an important thing. A lot of people want to be heard. They just don't know where. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. It's just, it's difficult to get your voice out there to find it and to find the person to listen, the right person to listen to you. Right. Because yeah, there's some people that will sit yeah. there and listen, but you just don't feel comfortable with them or you, they're like, oh, I swear I'm listening. And then they're not really listening or there's just... I've gone to counselors they, before and I'm like, I don't vibe with you. So yeah. I'm sorry, but I need to go with someone else. And that's just how it is. Sometimes you just, you don't jive and you just got to keep going until you find the right person. Don't be afraid to stop at the first person either. <laughs> or a lot of self-medicating occurs. Mm -hmm. And I, I had a lot, I've had a lot of friends, a lot of family members who have turned to alcohol, drugs, pills, and that self-medicating because I think their theory is, well, if I feel numb and I don't feel it, then I'm over it. But when that high um, ends and when those, you know, those drugs and pills and, and alcohol, when it runs out, you're left with your body being ravaged and torn up. You're left with headaches. You're left with despair and you're feeling worse than you were in the beginning about the situation that, that, that caused you to, to uh, indulge in these, in these horrible things. Mm-hmm. In this Which addiction. just causes you to just drink or do yeah. more drugs and a, vi a vicious cycle. Yeah, it's a vicious it cycle. Like I, like I did just read Matthew Perry's book, mm -hmm. and that's what happened to him. He got clean and sober so many times, but the second he was sober and those deep thoughts sunk in, he sought out what made him feel better. Yeah, and mm -hmm. that's why he had done rehab like 20, 30 some odd times in his life. Yeah. What made what made him feel better? What made him forget about the pain yeah. temporarily? Yeah you know, that masquerade, that Band-Aid, because one night of, of you know, um, uh, indulging in these things and you're like, okay, I'm, I'm good. I'm good for whatever hours. But then the next day, it's just like, it's worse than it was before because of the, the mental strain, the, the financial strain and the, the physical and, and emotional strain that you put yourself through. So that even causes more of a mental health breakdown and a need to, to need to talk to somebody because- mm -hmm you know, that self-medication, you're, you're not going to win. Mm -mm. That's a lot of people well. like to try to think they will, but yeah, you're yeah. never, it's yeah. You're never going to win. It's going to take you every time. And it's unfortunate. And yes. you, we've seen, we like, we have a list here of the people, just celebrities over the years, that same kind of thing. And it's, I don't know if it's celebrity in general, where there is a, a loneliness of being a celebrity, mm -hmm. or maybe it's the, you know, just being loved, having to keep these expectations of your fans or something, but there's countless of lists yeah. of celebrities that have had some kind of drug uh, problems or alcohol problems and ended up passing and committing suicide. And it's, it's unfortunate cool. to hear these things. And some of them also have diseases that they would self-medicate themselves on. And then they would, they just couldn't handle it anymore. Like it's just, it's, it's out there and it's. I imagine it's incredibly isolating to be a celebrity. Yeah. Like Especially you imagine the trust huge. issues you would have. You, right? like, you have no idea the people that are in your life are in your life because they love you or because of what you can do for them because yeah. of your celebrity status. So yeah. like being a celebrity, like on the outside, it seems like the tits, but on the inside, I like, I have, I have read so many celebrity memoirs in recent years. They're Me like too. my favorite thing to read. 
Yeah. And from, from Jeanette McCurdy, I'm glad my mom is dead to Matthew oh, yeah. Perry. And I'm reading Britney Britney's Spears right memorial. Now. I finished it. So good. And nice. what I just also went through as well, like mental health like, to her too. I'm just super into that right now. And I'm like feeling for these people. And I'm like mm-hmm. so thankful. I'm like, I never got into that. Because there was a time I wanted to like be a spice be a girl or be a famous person. No, yeah. and I'm just like all the money in the world, like not for that kind of lack of privacy. I'm so glad you all brought this up because uh, Britney Spears. I can't talk about Britney Spears on our show because the guys will be like, "Next, <laughs> uh, bring <laughs> it on, bring the Britney talk." You we will take us anytime you want to talk. Britney. We will take a Britney. Like, oh, let's be random. Like Britney, let's talk about Tool or somebody else. Let's not talk about Britney. Fucking dare you. <laughs> We're going to talk about Earth. Deftones. We're not going to talk about Hit Me Baby one more time. No. Broaden no, your horizons, bro. <laughs> no. This is, and then they would be willing to, to talk about it. I'm, I'm messing uh, But yeah. no, I, I think um, Britney Spears, I don't know much about the inside, but I do imagine, because I think about Britney Spears, I think about Michael Jackson, I think about Elvis and every generational talent. And I'm not, and I, I get it. Some people are going to listen and say she wasn't at that level, but whatever. At one point in time, she was, she, was. The, she was the biggest act in the world. Yeah. And of course you have this sort of um, consternation with what's going on with Justin Timberlake. And yes, he had a group, he had a, a come up with a group. So whatever mm-hmm. celebrity he was feeling, even though he was shining the brightest, he had a group of people that related to the, to the fandom and the status and, and the elevation. Britney Spears was so isolated because the music, and I, I, I don't want, either of you to take offense to it but it was very sugar pop to like let's get her as popular as we can let's make her sing in a different tone let's let's mess around with her image let's let's have her do this let's let's have her be the the you know the most popular virgin in the world and then when the walls came tumbling down everybody was gone just like with michael jackson he was yeah. left alone with his doctor just like elvis he was left alone you know and he died on a toilet taking a shit after taking you know tons of pills <laughs> i mean and and I, I i hope this doesn't happen to britney spears but i fear that if if things don't you know turn around i i don't know because mm-hmm. living past 50 with that sort of celebrity fandom where you're not you don't have the support system that like, say somebody like, I don't know, like a Taylor Swift has or whatever that can be very dangerous. And, and I, I know that, you know, I hope she does better. I hope she does well. I don't know. I haven't read the book, but I see Elvis, I see Michael Jackson and I see Mm -hmm. Britney Spears in that sort of like, you know, triad of celebrities who are on top of the world. And now they're, you know, it's just Britney Spears is more prevalent because of social media and, and more transparent, but I'm sure Elvis and Michael Jackson were going through the same up and downs. Absolutely. Ups and downs, yeah. Yeah. Like in, of, in the book, she of, seems pretty okay. But then like the book was also, there's been a, we know what happens after ghost, the book. It was a ghost it was, They have a ghostwriter. Like she would yeah. have a yeah. ghostwriter and editor. She'd tell them like her what stories, her stories were in better words. Yeah. And like, I, like I'm reading it and I can, I can hear Brittany in it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I can see the structure paragraphing and stuff is Brittany. I can see that. I hear her voice in my head while I'm reading it. I do. But oh my but, God, my heart hurts for her. <laughs> it's, it's, such an, her. it's such a unique and difficult thing because nobody on this planet, well, I shouldn't say nobody, but the 1% of the 1% of the 1% understands what Brittany Spears and these other big celebrities have experienced. It's like saying like, I'm the only person in the world that knows what a peanut butter and jelly sandwich tastes like. And I can't get you to understand or to make one or to to feel what it's like to 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 enjoy and to, you know, decorate this this wonderful sandwich that I made. And then all of a sudden people say, well, we don't want that. We don't want the peanut butter and jelly sandwich. We don't want to try it out, you know, get it out of here. We, we never wanted it. And so to have that isolation and to have that unique experience, how do you relate to anybody that's at that level going through the exact same thing you're doing? You can't. Nobody can relate to her. She can't relate to anybody. No. And I Unless very, someone I like a Madonna or a Whitney, well, not Whitney anymore, but like a Mariah or someone yeah. really tried to come into her corner and try to help support her that's maybe been there, but they're not going to be, they're not like her, it's not like her, you know, husband or thing where they're going to be the ultimate support for her all the time. And her parents are just crappy. Well, just, she's, yeah done with her family like she yeah. stopped talking to her parents and her siblings yeah. i don't know about brian she hasn't mentioned him like her brother i have no idea but like she's done with the rest of them and her they're 
her husband and her are getting a divorce like mm-hmm. throw that in there on top of like what just, i don't know i'm just i'm worried about her like yeah. i think i think you're right i think we are gonna we wake up are. one morning to some horrific news sometime soon like not i think wood. so i but think I'm, so someone yeah. like i'm not saying put her under another conservatorship nobody needs that not a lot of people need that but someone needs to step in someone needs to tell her yeah like we're worried about you absolutely by the way Steffi, could you edit out that peanut butter and jelly sandwich <laughs> reference to to all dressed doritos could you say all dressed doritos, all dressed doritos? okay sounds good sounds good they're delicious how did you so like good. those i haven't had them yet they're at bob's oh, house so yeah yeah I, I get i get the the remains when i go down there they leave yeah, the like leftovers? Half, half a pack of cookies yes they eat them all they hide them <laughs> okay well next time we'll make well, a package they, and send it to you okay sounds they great save you a butter tart they do i love butter tarts well i mean I, I, they, they look like they're good yeah. oh they are <laughs> joseph did have one yeah. and said it was pretty delicious i was like oh yep, see yep. they have not even told me that they received the package that's how <gasps> so by the way for for listeners our good friends oh, like this is my show but steffi and lindy are so kind they send us uh canadian snacks we're in uh south texas i'm in san antonio and bob and joseph are in the Rio grand valley of texas and so we we trade snacks and, and all that good stuff and we're experiencing like these wonderful uh treats that we've never had before so they go to bob's house and bob and joseph attack them before i have a chance to taste anything i did get the ketchup lays but i'm hoping for more uh, uh all more treats. this time yes, yeah yes. <laughs> yeah yes. so next time we'll we'll send it to your place i told joseph <laughs> i want the christmas collection he's like oh let me know what you want to send out i'm like anything Chris- i've been waiting for christmas i've been waiting for the christmas treats that's what my trading is waiting for beaver nuggets beaver nugget okay I'm still waiting for my beaver nugget <laughs> y'all, do y'all get the little debbie christmas tree uh um little yes. debbie? Yeah. y'all get well, that actually okay. no didn't yeah. they get rid of little debbie now lindy i think she stopped in canada soon no i think i might have heard little debbie is pulled out of canada recently i think so <laughs> i think so i i feel like that's One a blatant them. fucking lie okay well i don't know uh. yeah it's still available you can get unicorn okay. cakes okay all right i thought i heard she was supposed to be leaving us but oh we can't see it. it's too bright. okay good can anyway. i ask can i ask you all a question yes. um what was the the first um celebrity suicide you remember hearing about and how did you feel about it suicide yeah um i know steph if you have one i have to think about it for a second <laughs> um i mean um, like, i feel like possibly like not that it necessarily affected me but maybe like because obviously there was like i was what nine one kurt cobain but i wasn't overtly into him um there was the michael hutchins from nxs I yes think. michael I hutchins remember that yeah, one yes and then jonathan brandis i think as well too i remember him jonathan yeah. Brand- i was shocked rock. about i was shocked about jonathan brandis but i didn't hear about his until like a little while afterwards oh, okay but i think the like the first suicide that really shocked me i think was chester bennington mm-hmm. and chris yeah. cornell yeah really very, yeah. very close to one another very close yeah. to another yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. And the whole so, reason we kind of came up with this topic actually last year it originally started with uh, when Twitch had actually mm-hmm. passed away and killed himself. And then a month later, Aaron Carter was, had gone and that one was heartbreaking. And right, then a couple right. couple of months before Twitch was uh, Jason David Frank. Oh, yeah, from Power Rangers. That was Rangers. the fucking hardest. Yeah. I couldn't talk about oh. that for weeks. Like, I I was so upset. Like, I was... Corey Monteith on Glee. <laughs> That one was very sad. That was accidental suicide. They, I, yeah, still, I was. Like, but still, that one shocked me as well. I. Yeah. Oh, they're Robin all shocking. Yeah. Robin Williams. Yes, yes, like, Robin Williams. They're just Anthony Bourdain yeah. as well. Yep. Like, they're just. I think any. Any celebrity that seems to have it all, ends up doing that as their last resort is, I think, just shocking in general. I think so. I, I grew up a huge wrestling fan, and there are so many wrestlers who have who have succumbed to self harm, suicide. But the one that that sort of reminds me of my childhood, and, and more so now because there's a movie coming out, and I've, I've talked about this movie, you know, my podcast and or our podcast and on social media, uh, the Iron Claw with the Von Erich brothers. I don't know if you guys okay. are familiar with the Von Erich brothers. They were I, early. I 80s. have heard of them, but yeah. I don't 
recall like seeing any of their matches or anything, but I do know who they are. They were like the Beatles in Texas, and that's that's how you know plainly I'll okay. put it before, without going into detail. But these brothers had um, one of them had died in Japan. Um, there's a mysterious um, uh, story uh, behind it. He's his uh, intestines exploded, but people were saying it was drugs, and we don't really know what the what the real cause was. But uh, three of the other brothers uh, killed themselves, and there's one brother living. And that's the brother that's being played by Zac Efron, and that's the story that's being told. And so that was like the first, like, wow, what is going on? Like these guys were like built and young and handsome and had money and had you know fame and and women and. And to find out that they're, you know, they're, they were, they had these mental um, uh, disorder or they had these mental struggles and they couldn't deal with them. Um, just like as a kid, I was like, what is going on? I, that, I think that was like my first sort of wake up call to like, this happens and mm -hmm. how could this happen? You know? Yeah. Cause as a child, you don't, you're you're sad, but you don't understand the level of yeah. like a depression as a child. Yeah, when you're right, you're right. Still, you're still until you kind of hit. I think, like you said earlier, like in your twenties, when you start really yeah. discovering who you are without being at your parents, whether you're in college or whether you're out in the working world, you're really figuring out who you are. And yeah, I think that's when most of us really start to go through. I think our own sort of anxieties or depressions or things like that. Um, but as you're saying, kind of about with the wrestling, there's been a lot of actually when I was looking through a lot of the celebrity deaths, a lot of them happened to be to that head injury, C CTE, chronic CTE, traumatic encephalopathy. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah, got it right. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of football players too. Yeah. A lot of football players, WE, yeah. uh, BMXers, just a lot of sports players uh, mm -hmm. uh, have succumbed to this, and a lot they of them have succumbed to suicide from because of it. They have, they have, uh, um, so many, um, uh, one that sticks out in my mind, Junior Seau, uh, who used to be a linebacker for the, for the chargers. I know, uh, he had, um, shot himself through the heart so his brain could be preserved and studied. And there, there are many more examples. Um, but oh, there was a whole list on yeah, Wikipedia there's a whole list. of just yeah. NFL players. Yeah. Yeah. You could, you could find that and people could look that up, but I mean, tragic that, that, um, we don't know, or we weren't as educated enough to, to find out the impact and the the I guess you could say the the trauma and the torture that these mm -hmm. athletes were putting their body through and you know um, just in the sake of money and playing yeah. for in the NFL and to be this big you know best in their field exactly yeah. it's 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 so tragic and and I I'll share with you like uh like my biggest struggle and I remember um I was 29 and and uh, my and I'll, I'll go through this quickly I, I know people don't want to listen to my, my autobiography, but my best friend had died uh, 10 days after his 30th birthday. Mm -hmm. And then two, two months later, uh, I had gone through a breakup, um, pretty bad breakup. Then two months after that, my father died. And oh. then two, two months after that, um, things were going down at work where it, they culminated into a very heated uh, meeting. And it caused me to want to quit. I didn't quit. But I started, I got my teaching certification and I wanted out of there. So I went through six months of very rough things. And um, I think the thing, and I just turned 30. And that that was like, wow, everything was right? hitting me. You know, I just turned 30. I was 29 when my, my best friend died. And he was, he's only five weeks older than me. Mm -hmm. And um, just going through that and just sort of, I think the thing, my saving grace was, talking to people. And I think that was the first time I really opened up about, you know, emotions and needing to um, uh, ask people about advice, needing to hear good things about the world, good things about myself, and good things about um, just life in general. And so having to go through that, and I, I get it, there's people who are listening who have gone through far, far worse. And, and my heart goes out to you. I know a lot of people have have lost people close to them. But the impact that it takes on your outlook and on your emotion and on the way you work you're never the same mm -hmm. every death is unique you're never the same but you know you move on you go on and and you you talk to people you make sure that that you learn from it and i think that's the biggest gift from and, and both my parents have passed away but that's the biggest gift that that you give is that okay these people don't want to see me sad these people don't want me to stop living they were around me because the life that they gave me and the life maybe I helped give to them. So, I mean, that's, that's the driving force. And 
you shouldn't be ashamed to express that. And you shouldn't be ashamed to want to hear good things about yourself and, and what you mean to people. And I think we need more of that. I know that sounds very kumbaya or whatever, but I think if we, if we share the kindness and, and, and what people mean to each other, that helps stop the, the hurt and the, and the bleeding. And, and that helps somebody maybe get through something that they're, they're going through. Yeah, I keep seeing the like little on Facebook where it's like even just trying to compliment, giving someone a compliment throughout your day does nothing for yeah. you, but for them, they could be having the crappiest of moment. And that little thing of you saying, oh, those are really cute shoes is like, oh my God, like I could have made their whole day or something or changed the mood that they were in instantly. They're like, oh, I was feeling crappy and now I feel a little better. Like there's just showing up, yeah, a little bit of kindness and compassion for a fellow human being and just being a listening ear or yeah. stop judging and being Facebooky and just yelling at each <laughs> other all the time and such a negativity. Yeah. You know? show a little more kindness for each other. And it gets you nowhere. And it, it kind of changed my outlook on how I work with people. Like I used to be so charged up and I used to like, you know, match emotion with emotion, but that never works uh, with me. I'm always, I always try to be as kind as possible for as long as possible. And uh, that seems to be a better approach to um, because you don't know what somebody's going through that, you know, degrades you, snaps at you or uh, insults you. Um, and I'm not saying not to stick up for yourself. Obviously, you should, yeah. but you should seek to understand before you react. And I think that's an important lesson that I've learned through, you know, the, you know, the the events that have gone on in my life. Wow, I just want to say that I am very serious. I can't have to be Randall. That's awful. Right? That's that's quite a quite a thirty and... turning thirtyness, like yes. a few decades starting and just. Wow, starting I, off. I was worried about gray hair and losing my hair, which all happened, but you know, but everything else was was just like, you know, icing on the on the on the shit cake, you know what I mean? But yeah, yeah I went through it. I think it it makes me stronger and I think it well, it, it it helps me to understand people better. Didn't seem like it at the time, but no, in hindsight, yeah, no, I yeah. totally get that. Mm -hmm. I feel you. For sure. Yeah. It, so kind of learn it start start everything has a reason like even if it does suck like as much as i'm one of those people that like i there's only one x i actually hate but for the most of them i don't i still don't <laughs> mind them because like, i learned something from I them like, for sure but approach. most of them do learn something from them so it's like i can't hate you for for i could hate you as a person but i can't hate for who you were in my life and what i learned and how i've become this better person all right so randall what are your final thoughts on this what so i will say this and okay. by the one way second. and you Anybody listening, um, talk to people. Um, uh, make sure that you're you're heard, that you're understood, and that um, it's important to work your situations through a team. Uh, if you do it by yourself, it's the odds are you're not going to um, to get through it because you need to hear the opinions and the and you need the help. And so the per the first thing that you have to um, volunteer for is to have people in your life to talk to you yeah yeah it's important uh, well we're, we're glad you're okay buddy. always here for yeah. the people that we love so we've yes. got to make sure because yeah they could be here today and you never know what could happen tomorrow so you always got to say you love them to all your friends yeah. and your family and everybody and yeah thank you for joining us as well, well we thank <laughs> yes. you so much for joining especially since you're feeling like shit so yeah i hope you feel better and go to bed yes go, go to bed and have. feel better I, I will. I'm going to go Lots to bed of right fluids. now. All right. Lots of fluids. We'll do. Yes. Thank Chicken you all so soup. much. Bye. Yes. It was Sprite. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'll, I'll do Make that. Make sure it's flat. Well, okay. So since this is uh, November and this is uh, Men's Mental Health Month, I think that we should um, at least mention Movember, which is a uh, charitable movement. I guess that's what you I can guess. kind of call it. Yeah. Is that what you can call it? Started in 2003 with 30 brothers bros or bros like bros it's bros okay, not blood related brothers but just bros kind of like, like bros brothers. yeah a bunch of fun guys okay. yeah bro guys Dude, bro you know them. um with them growing stashes um and then since it seemed to have disappeared from trends and by the next year they made it a fundraising campaign with just over fifty thousand dollars raised now yeah, over seven million. they noticed you know mustaches weren't a thing yep. anymore unless you were a, a 70s porn cop or something like yeah. that. yeah <laughs> so when the whole like november stash thing started it was a it, in my opinion like to me to a lot of me and my friends like it was a joke but yeah. it became something very serious and yeah incredibly positive way to bring awareness to men's mental and physical health 
and all of that. Um, and now yeah. with over 7 million bros and sisses participating worldwide, there is a girl at my plant at work that is wearing a stick on mustache all of November, yeah. all of November. And I think it's <laughs> fucking rad. My chiropractor, I saw him November 1st with his freshly shaven. He always does the November and I have an appointment November 29th. So I'm like, mm -hmm. I get to see your beginning and your end. It's going to be hilarious. Aaron's done it a few times and he was going to do it this year, but he has like a really important business meeting coming up. So he doesn't want to look like a porn star. Kind but of, it's a, kind of doesn't person, matter. It's so. my chiropractor is <laughs> professional. It's all professional. No, I don't give it. But... <laughs> Kevin's already got one because he's got facial hair. He's got the whole beard yeah. and mustache, so he can't really yeah. grow one. So yeah, like Aaron still has the mustache, but he also has a beard. It's not just the mustache. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but, but there yeah, have been so, over uh, twelve thousand five hundred men's health projects funded through this Movember uh, campaign. Sorry, one thousand two hundred, not twelve thousand. Yeah, I'm like, look at that number again, Steph. <laughs> oh, but um, don't worry. Okay, so over one thousand two hundred five. 1,250. <laughs> 1,250. Just say 1,250. 1,250 men's health projects have been funded from all of the, uh, you know, this funds that have been raised from November. Uh, and yeah, so it's just been a great cause. Like we said, at first it kind of started out as something silly, but it's turned into this global movement that we all seem mm -hmm. to know about. Uh, what else did I have here on the November thing? Um, so it says how we're going to win the fight. They go by education conversations that matter services that work for men bright minds brought together community first and advocating for all men and you can go to movember.com or movember.ca to find all of the stats or information on you know how it all how it all happens but uh what was their stat here globally on average one man dies by suicide every minute of every day i believe that so it's uh and of the estimated 4,000 suicide deaths in Canada each year, close to 75% are men. Um, and over the last four decades, men have accounted for most of the suicide deaths in Canada. And research into sex differences in suicidal behavior has revealed a gender paradox, uh, which means while men are more likely to die by suicide, women are more likely to attempt it, which I found... Uh over two in five men, 43% admitted to regularly feeling worried or low compared to 53% of women. And this is an increase from 6% of men in 2009. And andropause, the male menopause, you don't get away with it, guys. You get to go yeah, through your own you menopause. Don't get to escape it, either, um, it affects men in their, starting in their 40s. So the loss of testosterone can actually have a big, big impact on a lot of men's mental health. Oh, here's another fun fact. Uh, according to the WHO trusted source, males die by suicide at twice the rate of females and high income countries have the highest suicide rates among males. So it's clearly first world problems. Interesting. Yeah. That's interesting to be perfectly mm -hmm. honest. Also, uh, men tend to not use available mental health services with statistics indicating that only around 30% of people who use mental health services are men. And I think that can be um related directly to the stigma society puts on men yes. about wanting to express their feelings and talk about their mental health and things like that it's a uh, well you're a little like, bitch if you cry and like grow a pair be a man like don't be a pussy like it's just it's so toxic and just talk about your feelings guys i swear to god you're gonna feel so much better like just or if you don't want to talk, talk about it, write it down in a journal. Get or it out it somehow. Down, yes. Like keeping it tucked Find in is what's going to give you sick. It's going to get you sick. Find an outlet because when your mental health suffers, your physical health suffers. And when you feel like shit, your relationships tend to go to shit. Yeah. Just it's so important that like your mental health is talked about. Yeah, um, absolutely. Not to mention like and how your physical much health. And not to mention how much depression amongst the male has increased since um, the pandemic hit. Because uh -huh. like COVID-19 pandemic had intensified some of the well-known risk factors for suicide in men, including um, psychological distress, job, less, job loss, loneliness, and problematic alcohol and sub substance use. Um, these impacts have been shown to be more pronounced among men living in marginalized conditions like Indigenous men, sexual and gender minority men. Um, who have reported increases in alcohol and cannabis use, depression, self-harm, and suicidal thoughts. And it's a, a long-lasting effect because a lot of people still have not recovered, whether that be mentally, physically, or financially, 
which links to your mentality as well from the pandemic. Mm -hmm. So like I just say, we we have a lot more people that are suffering from mental health issues these days post pandemic. Oh, absolutely. For sure. Like the pandemic just made it worse tenfold. Just like it amplified everything by a kajillion. And it was just. If you didn't have problems, you got problems. If you had problems, they got worse. Yeah, pretty much. Basically what it did. A lot of people were stuck, like during the lockdown, were stuck in their own depression. I was, I was literally like, I've been doing yoga. Like I've, I've been on the whole mental health thing for a while. I understand if you do like some exercising, if you're doing your journaling, if you're making sure to let everything out, go to counseling, all of this stuff. I know it usually keeps me, keeps me pretty good, pretty happy. I can keep my depression feelings up. But during fucking COVID was literally doing my journaling, doing everything, working out and crying in the middle of working out because my depression was getting so bad that even endorphins that make you happy couldn't keep me happy. It was a totally different level. And I had eventually I got to a point where I had to go to the doctor and be like, I need antidepressants. I can't, I, I literally physically can't. And she's like, well, have you done this? I'm like, yep. Have you done this? Have you done this? And I was like, all of it. And she's like, yeah, yeah. At this point, I would only be able to. I would, I would prescribe this, and I was like, "This that I just need a little small dose, like just something that's taking the edge off during what we're doing right now." Because I can't, I can't. Like COVID was a hard and thing for me like, to deal with. And like Randall said, we there's a lot of people out there that self medicate their depression and their yeah. anxieties and things yep. like that. And you and I are definitely two of those people. We definitely self medicate with weed. A lot, at least I do a lot. No, so I can't really. speak for you, but maybe not as much as you used to as you used to. But yeah, I'm definitely, especially since everything happened with my mom, it's been I'm suffering mm-hmm. right now currently. Like I, I know I am. And grief is shitty, so I'm, it's understandable. Grief is a, a journey that has I to have, be done, and it's not fun. I have my good days; they're few and far between, but they're there. So mm-hmm. I relish when I do have a good one, and yeah. That's all that you, anybody can do is seek help. And like, I'm trying to figure that out and everything. I know it's not about me, it's about men. But just saying, like, everybody does suffer. Everyone needs to speak up and everyone needs to take their shit seriously and figure out your problems, guys, and just figure out a way to make them better if you can. Mm-hmm. Talk to each other. There's so many good resources out there there's books there's apps there's websites there's work employee programs work will also offer benefits like there's in this current day and age there you can't just say that i don't have the money to get help because um uh, there is Canadians out there if you check the cmha website the canadian mm-hmm. mental health association they have a lot of free resources available to yes. anybody who qualifies or I don't even know if you have to qualify. I think you can just sign up for them. You can just sign up for it. And I got information from our K, uh, KW Chamber of Commerce for, for some of our information here as well. Yeah. So even reaching out to your local Chamber of Commerce, they may be able to yeah. refer you to people who can help you as well. Like there's lots of supports out there. It's just trying to find it because it's, and I know it sucks, but you just got to go looking for it if you, you know. Yeah. Well, I found a, um, a whole list of resources for mental health help in Canada within Ontario. And I think in Canada um, mm-hmm. or wherever that I'll send you that we can put up on our Facebook and Instagram page for people to check that out. Yep. And like always, um, for any start. of you teenagers who are listening, Kids Help Phone. I know that's always been there for as long as it's we can remember phone. since we were kids. 1-800-668-6868. I don't even think that phone number has changed. I don't in, think it has. I think it's forever. the same. Yeah. And I mean, even if you're an adult calling in, they probably would know where to to send you for a reference as well. They would have the, the, the resources as well. Yep. Um, there's also uh, the toll free number of 1-833-456-4566 uh, for anybody that is, I guess, not a kid. I guess that's for, it's just the suicide crisis responder hotline. Talk suicide. Um, yeah. 833-456-4566. Oh, talk suicide. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Talk suicide. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then just uh, other uh, important mental health days to remember, the World Suicide Prevention Day is September 10th, and Women Mental Health Week is May 12th to 18th, which happens to start on Mother's Day, and then Mental Health Awareness Month is May. So, so in conclusion, thanks. guys, yeah, that's- Thanks uh, for thanks joining, for joining us, us, and 
like we said, every, we, we are at that point in our lives where, you know, we have our own partners and things as millennials and we have our own families, some of them being teenagers, some of us, you know, not being young childs, like having your own or sons in the world even. or things. And it's this stuff you want to teach them that they don't have to go through this. They don't have to be like our previous, our fathers and our grandparents' generations where they suffered in silence. And many of them had, you know, just difficult lives because of it we need to end the stigma and allow people to just talk about their feelings and not be afraid and not be buck up man up and blah 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 all these things that they tell you yeah stop telling your kids to just or telling your friends even to like just grow a pair be a man about it like just teach your kids it's okay to talk about your feelings and your emotions because if you don't it bottles up and it ends up coming out in bursts of anger violence anxiety even sickness or an unhealthy relationship with food drugs promiscuity like you find any vice you can and sometimes even feelings that you are just so scared to express because of what society tells you that you shouldn't be fucking doing which fuck society talk about your feelings guys you'll feel so much better i swear absolutely and then on top of that, you know, all the other good stuff for men's health, you know, like getting your prostate checked and all, you know, getting your blood double checked and all of that. Just getting yeah. blood work done as you, especially as you're getting older, like my sister and I were talking about this today now that I'm yeah. 40 and stuff. And she's like, go get your blood work done because like you might have this, like me and mom had it and whatever. And well, this is so where you'll I start to get to some of that. the diabetes and all of these yep. things start to start showing as we get to this age. So I know guys, we don't want to hear but we're middle age. So these are the times where it's, I know, I know, I don't want to say it either, but so we really have to start thinking about ourselves, our health, our family, our futures, and things we should have been thinking about 10 years ago, but we were like, yeah, we're in a 30. We're 20. Yeah, we're, we're 20. It's yeah. fine. We're going to be uh, I'm 28. It's fine. Uh, ding, ding, ding. Time is up. Right. So yeah. But all right, guys. Well, last words, take care of yourselves, be safe, make good choices and talk to each other. Yes. We love you. Yes. Love you too. We love you all for who you are and what you are and how you are and all of it. Mm -hmm. Peace out. Tell your friends you love them and make it awkward. (laughs) That's always fabulous. Right? Make it awkward. Always super fun. It's great. I love you, Stephanie. I love you, Lindy. (laughs) It's also because we have our sultry tones to it as well. (laughs) Yeah, that was uncalled for. I'm very sorry for that, guys. I apologize. Peace out, guys. Uh, Have a good night. Hey, thanks for listening to Turn of the Millennials. You can listen to us on Spotify, Google, Apple, YouTube, or wherever you listen to your podcast and at our website at millennialspod.com. Join us on our next episode. And remember, on Wednesdays, we wear pink. We out.